Hi everyone, you're listening to another episode of Are We Rolling? My name is Garrick. And my name is Derek. And what uh, an unusual, not unusual, but what a interesting turn of events that has yeah. happened in, in our country past, of Malaysia right now. In the past, uh, at the time of recording, in the past six hours or so, five, six hours or so, yeah, because um, latest update regarding a uh, COVID situation in our country because uh, uh, of all the rising cases, the rising numbers in the, in the, in the, in the cases and, and stuff. And um, uh, our health ministry um, have declared CMCO to be which, which means again. Yeah. controlled movement. Is it? Uh, control? Uh, yeah. No, no. It's correct. Correct. no, no. Condition Conditional movement, control, movement right? controlled control order. order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it just means uh, that we cannot travel from one district to another. Correct. So yeah. like I'm from Subang and you're from Chiras, then we can't go to each other's yep, yep. land. Which, which, <laughs> yes, correct. Which means um, um further planning down the road on how to handling our epi- on our future episodes. At least for the next two episodes, I guess, because they are uh, announcing this um to be activated uh two days later, which is uh October fourteenth, the midnight of October fourteenth. Um and it will last until October twenty-seven, if I'm not mistaken, which is basically the end of October. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I mean it's two weeks of CMCO to be activated in like Slango, PJ, and also KL. Um that's interesting. That's really, really interesting. I mean, I, I guess some of us kind of like uh predicted that would happen in some way shape or form but what with the numbers of cases keep arising over the over the days and weeks and uh you know it's not looking good at all and uh some even were surprised it didn't go in like total lockdown because um to put things into perspective when we went into total lockdown way back in march our cases were at 100 ish i guess i remember the, the numbers now are actually way, much higher way over than back it was when. pre-mco Correct. or even during yeah. mco so so considering yeah. that I think they are afraid that it's going to really affect the economy Correct. and businesses and all that, then you know, they're, they're really trying to not press the red button. They're pressing yeah. on, the, on the yellow button first. They're pressing on the yellow button. <laughs> yeah, because the, the orange button would be you really are limited, Correct. right? right. That yeah, you cannot, yeah. I cannot think the next stage after that would be like complete MCO. Yeah, you can't yeah. even go anywhere. So, yeah. so I think they're not, I mean, I think they must have put a vote into their side and even though health ministry really acted against like, you know, not doing anything. So they'll be like, you know what, let's just put like a solid yellow light over this for now. See if the condition improve and or worsen over the, over the weeks. And we'll see what happens after October ends, I guess. It would definitely be quite something if this was, how they want to use it PR wise, you know, yeah. because a lot of people are saying it's because of the Sabah elections that this uh, thing yeah. came out to be. And so like, because the cases are rising a lot from it, it's distracting people away from the election uh, and all that. Right, yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, they, they might not do it deliberately, yeah, but yeah. it's like, it seems to be in the government's favor. Yeah. In some I, mean, sort. I mean, even though we, we, we even though we don't view it from a politically inclined angle, I mean, we do see situations like, you know, uh, shopping mall cases are on the rise for some reason. We never heard of this whole shopping mall thing way back, you know, way back in the, uh, way back in the day. So, you know, it started out in like Sami Pyramid. Then it's first, you know, then you first seeing like cases popping up in like malls everywhere. And then you start seeing, like, huh, 
this thing really likes to travel in malls. Uh, in a, so th- this can't be a coincidence. And then um, it's always the staff worker. Correct. Yeah. And I don't know. To my knowledge, usually staff. I okay. I I'm just putting out a, a mm, an opinion. A okay. Like uh, staff workers in malls, you wouldn't assume them to be traveling or even flying it, yeah, a lot. Even right? at this time, yeah. Yeah. Most of them would. I mean, they they would. Like the their means would usually just have them in one place. Yeah. Yeah. So by them. By 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 us real uh you know watching the news and they are they are saying that a lot of st- these staff workers have been traveling or have been going to these places right. like where are they going you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the the only thing I can think of is maybe they some would go to the uh, a mosque or some would go to like a big gathering yeah. nearby and yeah yeah I think I saw it somewhere in one of the shopping mall cases uh, although the news are not really verified and I can't remember for which particular staff in which particular mall um, one of the staff got infected because uh, his or her own roommate came back from Sabah that sort of thing you know so you had that kind of strain going on even in their household sort of a situation so um, yeah I mean, it, it even happens that way so we can't really like uh 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 uh, put it down in the fact that it all you know happens because they, they've been traveling here and there because truth be told we can't really like travel here and there just yet so yeah we're just theorizing of course yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not saying that they you know that conspiracy yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean we, we yeah we're speedballing here but yeah, yeah. We, it's it's just um things you've heard from unverified sources and stuff so don't quote us on but, that specifically but based on the the latest news they haven't really said anything about shoots and correct uh out like outdoor shoots yeah. and all that yet so uh it's pretty much up in the air yeah at, at the time being i mean i'm personally a bit uh worried because i have like uh uh a number of projects on the line that uh uh that are supposed to be scheduled sometime this week or next week itself so with that being announced with cmco being in place uh there's a lot of like movement pieces that need to be figured out at the moment as we are progressing so we are still sorting that out so i i i mean we're not really putting like a final say on anything like on whether or not like we can actually carry on green lights with like shootings indoor outdoor doesn't matter so i think we're really going back to the whole if it really happens i think we're going back to the whole maybe working with a smaller crew that sort of thing because you know with the inter-district lockdown thing happening with like i'm gonna assume there's gonna be like roadblocks from you know like we say like you know like in from subang to uh pj and like kl downtown kl to even further down south to chiras and all that. so i'm gonna assume there's gonna be like roadblocks preventing you from doing so from going into inter-districts and stuff so it's gonna be a uh issue that we need to face uh quite soon actually now that the announcement is still quite fresh in our brain but We'll figure things out and um yeah, I mean we'll always get through it. Especially for the big productions, they would probably yeah. have to be on hold or postpone or something. But yeah. I mean, for the, the smaller players, the small shoots, um, you know, I think usually they would just be very creative yeah. and It'll be interesting. Try to shoot something on your own. Because I have a friend who is literally uh, having a break before he's to start a new block of shooting for another two more months for a TV series. I don't know what's going to happen to that because uh, that's going to be really, really interesting development to hear from his side. Um, but yeah, I mean, producers everywhere are, 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 are having major headaches right now. I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, we same goes to the businesses, uh, independent businesses, and 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 stuff like that. Well, we hope that yeah, it's gonna be all right. That the numbers <coughs> will go down, and then eventually, yeah. you know, we won't need to talk about all this anymore. But we'll yeah. we'll try and keep you updated uh on the current situation <laughs> yeah. you know as much as we can of it, course it's really weird that our episode always starts with like a a, a, a weekly covid like a, catch up like a kind of weekly thing. news update kind of segment yeah, already yeah, yeah. Yeah. like like uh, putting our two cents into it and stuff which is i mean it, it's it's developing as we speak so mm-hmm. it's a very interesting situation to keep a monitor on so yeah i mean we'll we'll, we'll keep tabs on, yeah on what i'm pretty sure there'll be like news coming out um uh, this time tomorrow in the next few days regarding of what activities that you can or cannot do in this next two weeks um, as if people need any more reminders you know because uh, 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 from what I heard from like recent messages from like um, what my girlfriend told me like very recently there's been like slight panic buying happening here and there people are like buying up braids and tissue papers and Stuff like that. So apparently that's been going on again in the rotation I, and I can't I mean, believe I'd be, what I've been reading. I'd be very surprised if they still they are still doing that, knowing that, you know, apparently, we have yeah. like so many delivery platforms now that they can choose yeah. from. Apparently it is still happening like in like downtown major urban areas, but I won't say which area, but it it's let's just say there's been like queues happening here in the at the moment, as we speak, if you're out there in like a shopping mall and stuff, do yeah. It's it's the auntie uncles lah. Usually, I'm pretty sure those auntie uncle WhatsApp, uh, chain messages and stuff. It's uh, it's it's horrendous lah. If you if you ask me, those things should vanish. Like really, those things should vanish. <laughs> it's, right. a, it's a it's a threat to society, <laughs> like, Really, we but, yeah, will definitely keep the you guys uh in check uh, as each episode goes by. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, we're gonna move on to uh, our topics for this week. Uh, I showed Derek this one, and I know I thought it'd be something interesting to talk about, which is uh about Mulan, which we actually yep. talked about before. But this time we're gonna talk about a new, uh, the latest one from China. It, so it's not from Disney, mm. and uh, China wanted to sort of, I guess, rebel against the 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 holds of Disney and says that, you know, we can do a better Mulan. Yeah, and This is our idea. Yeah, so their, their latest film, their, their latest animated film is called Kung Fu Mulan, which yep. the title itself is already like, okay, Not really it's, a subtle it's like way of the, the it. biggest nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's basically uh, their own version of what Mulan is supposed to be. And they even uh, categorize it as real China, real Mulan. Really? Yeah. In the marketing? In yeah, yeah, in the in the marketing, wow. in the in their PR and all that. Okay. So they really wanted to uh, really want us to know that it's a real Mulan. Like okay. this is actually a better, more accurate Mulan than what Disney came up with. Right. And uh, you know, lo and behold, you know, sometimes when you when you ask for something, you will get it. <laughs> yeah. But what the people got um was something that was very underwhelming. Um it got very low ratings and it was uh it was sort of uh categorized as like a like a big like a big punch in the gut um Mm. what people were sort of criticizing about was the the ridiculous storyline and also the sort of the romance plot that they the the producers tried to add into the film and but the biggest thing is the animation like people were actually saying that the animation was so bad and it's yeah. so like so underwhelming that it's it's sort of a, a quote 
a disgrace to Chinese animation. Yeah. To be fair, have you seen a good animation from the Chinese side though? I mean, I don't think I remember seeing any... I don't really recall any... Chinese animated yeah. films I mean, though. I mean, I personally don't really watch much uh, Chinese animation from their side as well. But I mean, the, the steel that they have from, their, from the report is not really that convincing either. I mean, the very subpar quality as compared to the, um, to the you know, uh, compatriots on the other side, or on the other side of shore, you know, you have the Pixar and the Disney and I'm pretty sure, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking I mean, at that I'm, still. I mean, we're looking right at now. a still from it. Um, I think it's all right. It's, I don't okay. think it's too bad. You yeah. know, not like one of, not, it doesn't look like one of yeah. our own animated films. Okay. <laughs> which is which has its own animation standard yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but um it seems it kind of looks like uh like how to train your dragon actually mm, right mm, that, mm, that, that kind of animation style yeah. but um yeah but yeah the you know chinese people they were hoping to get a better version than the super diluted watered down one that disney gave them but uh, you know apparently you just you can't do it right anymore you know yeah i mean yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a very peculiar thing, like because um um how does I'm gonna assume Mulan has opened over there in China. I mean, have their own box office taking, and uh, I'm gonna assume that it's not so great because mm-hmm. of the uh you know various issues. You know um um it could be the lead actress's comments on recent political thing, or if the film is like for them could be probably a bit whitewashed a little bit, you know, by their own account. So, you know, so if this is like their uh, respond to the whole entire thing, so it's it's hard to judge without ever seeing the film itself. And I mean, having not seen Mulan live series, I mean, the live action Mulan yet, I don't yeah, think... Yeah, Derek gonna... hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, not um, yet. I, I've seen it. Uh, yeah, um, taking into context, the, I mean, the, comparing both of them, the Disney's Mulan uh, in China got a 4.9 rating. Okay. Um, overall, according to their their system, but Kung Fu Mulan only scored three point one out of ten. So, okay. it, like, it's it's probably like their own their Rotten Tomatoes. The people style. Have, the people have spoken. Yeah. So, you know, even if your own people make remake, you know, your own yeah. story, it doesn't always mean that you can get a good uh, like a better version from it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It just it just I th- I think it's just like you're trying to milk. As much yeah. as you can from this, um, either money wise or it really you know. comes from a place of contempt. Like you know, the producers knowing that there's a live action Mulan being made by a big superpower corporate over in America, and then it's like the producers' way of like rebelling. Look, we gotta tell, we gotta be patriotic towards our own story. We gotta tell our own voice, and and we came up with that. So it's like it's a very uh, underwhelming way. But I mean, I mean, I I mean, I don't know how big of a difference it is as compared to the uh, Mulan from you know, the live action Mulan or even the animated version from Disney or even this version so I don't know what the major differences are in terms of like storyline characters and stuff mm. I'm gonna say it's less fantastical I mean I mean even the original Disney animation didn't really oh wait he has a dragon yeah I forgot he has a dragon so yeah yes, it is there quite, was a dragon yeah, yeah, yeah. there was so, music again you know I, I wonder whether this China's version has like, do they even embrace the fantastical side of Mulan? I guess, or do they keep it really down to the gritty? Well, the, gritty the, the Disney one, of... they definitely kept it kept it very grounded. Yeah, which I think is 
was the biggest re- reason why a lot of people didn't like it. Right. It, it seemed like too straightforward. Yep. And then the Kung Fu Mulan, from what I've read, um, they... Yeah, Mulan doesn't have like uh like 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 the like the magical (laughs) chi kind of powers, but use the force. But they say they say that she has I know like like an an advanced uh, martial arts skill. Okay. Uh, Okay. And so there's a there's a romance plot in this one in Kung Fu Mulan, which uh the Disney's Mulan didn't have. So it's like Mm. you know give or take uh, But in the end, it's always gonna be compared to the original one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess. I mean, um, I guess you know, just stop remaking things. Yeah, just make original, original content from now on. Yeah, it'd be weird if their version came out first before Disney's Mulan came out. So I guess it's like the you know you're comparing reaction because the this the English version came out first, and then people have a benchmark comparison in terms of story and and whatnot. But I'm I mean I don't think much white people are gonna watch that animated. China's I, I version, so. yeah. So I don't think there's any. I don't think any arguments gonna be made there. Beside their own people, so it's like, it's really a yeah. That's really a non-controversial thing to discuss further. <laughs> all right. Uh. So yeah, that's all about it for Mu- for Mulan. Uh. We're gonna move on to the next topic, which Derek has a bit better interest in, a uh, more knowledgeable oh. interest in, which okay. is about comic books and superheroes. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't have that much knowledge as uh, as Derek does, but uh, recently, uh, Alan Moore, yes. the creator of uh, your favorite comics like Watchmen and V for Vendetta mm. and a lot, it's, League it's of Extraordinary yeah, Gentlemen, a lot, a lot, very critically acclaimed uh, comic book uh, yeah. artist. Recently, he's, yeah, he's a basically a rock star in the eighties, yeah, like he's in, very in the comic well book known. world. Yeah, I mean, he, alongside peers like Neil Gaiman, on the other side came out with like Sandman, and then um him on the other hand came out with of course Watchmen and uh, V for Vendetta, and then his last written comic, I believe, was League of the Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm, which yep. is at one point adapted into a film, which I which stars, which he did not like, which oh he really did not like yes. that. I remember I remember that whole thing where it kind of made him. Uh, basically stop giving blessings to adaptation of his own work. Well, that's where the story comes from because he recently <coughs> did a an interview with Deadline yeah. and then they a asked him, rare, you know, what yeah. he thought about superhero movies today and, you know, he straight up just said that he thinks it's like super weird that comic book uh, characters and stories are so embraced by adults today yeah. because they were initially meant for just 12 year olds and for kids you know and seeing how people are so like enamored by this sort of pop culture phenomenon you know it it speaks to the okay so he has a quote here um i now and i quote from him he says that that seemed to speak to some kind of longing to escape from the complexities of the modern world and go back to a nostalgic remembered childhood that seemed that seemed dangerous it was infantilizing the population <laughs> so he, he basically thinks that you know adults who read comic book stories and um you know watch superhero films you know it's just sort of de- degressing them back to In their the childhood kids. okay okay, so, okay. Uh, Derek as someone who does a lot of that yeah do you feel like you are going back to your childhood in like I mean, in I, a bad way? I, I do, but definitely, most definitely not in a bad way. I mean, look, Ellen Moore, you have to understand from a character point of view, I mean, if you're outside looking in, you may 
regard him as this like crazy madman with like long beard and crazy eyes and he may look even that way in the press round so he is of that nature but you have to understand he came from a time where you know comic books were I mean even back then they were like you know he regarded it as like oh it was like called comic books back in the day you know things are not taken so seriously therefore you can take that medium into a crazy crazy world and crazy crazy uh, uh definition and interpretation and writings of which people never seen before therefore you have people like neil gaiman and uh Garth ennis and alan moore really experimenting with the medium therefore propel pushing the medium forward with like stories that people have never seen before even in the even in the in the in the in the uh old age so you have like um, he will always be of that opinion, but then I kind of respect it to a certain degree because you know comic books. He, I mean, he put it he put it even in that way. You know, he put it as a as a sort of like escapisms out of your daily life. And you know, I read comic book because I love stories. You know, um, I dive into it because I want to dive into a a different sort of uh, uh different ways of stories being told, and I find it rather unique that it's being told that way in in the graphic novels, in the comic book world. So I am, I embrace that. You know, I don't see it necessarily as like, like you said, you know, like he said, digressing back into childhood and, and whatnot. I mean, I mean, people just want to, the world is shitty as it is. You know, people just want to escape back to their comic books and stuff. He's just really pissed at how, uh, the, how the comic book is being made into this sort of like, uh, uh, corporate mega factory, I guess, you know, like, comic books being adapted into multiple films and, and, and whatnot. So I guess he's kind of annoyed at that part, you know, of, of, the, of the spectrum. So he, it's not necessarily how stories are being represented in such a way. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, he, he self-professed he's never seen any um, um, film said, adaptation of He said that the last superhero film that he saw was, was Tim, the, uh, Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. Batman. Yeah, which, which was, was a good film. It's quite a while back. It's very long. But it's I think very, very it, old. I think it was enough to <coughs> right push him to the point where okay, I think it's getting silly now for him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just weird. I mean, if if that film gave a bad impression, I don't know what kind of a superhero films that he's expecting from his side. But well, funny you say that because he thinks that the best version of Batman is Adam West's the, yeah, version, was the, was which the, was the very sort of Technicolor kind of very fun, take. fun, yeah, yeah innocent, like sort of very fun, take. Tommy kind of Batman. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a spin of the a spin on the franchise that doesn't really embrace the dark side of who um, Bruce Wayne and or Batman is, you know, which modern films have clearly taken advantage of that, you know. Um, that we've seen it in like recent times, like you know Zack Snyder's interpretation, like most famously through Chris Nolan's adaptations. You know, it's 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 characters. You know, pe- people like Batman are ripe for readaptation over and over again, as we will see. Like his new films are gonna come out next year, so I I foresee we will still keep seeing that in years to come. You know, by different filmmakers and stuff, and that's the fun thing. You know, you get to see other people's having different interpretation of the same existing characters and whatnot. So. As that keeps happening, I guess that will annoy people like Alan Moore even more, which is like the, this purist of a, of a writer who clearly sees the medium one way while the rest of the humanity doesn't. But, you know, it's, it's all in the name of respect, like, I guess. You know, people still really love his work. I mean, I personally really, really love his work. And I, although I'm not his biggest fan, but I do love majority of his writing specifically. I guess uh, if, I, if I try to look at it from his perspective, I can sort of see it like, 
the way the the time when he came up with all these ideas, Correct. you know, it, uh, like you said, <clears throat> it's definitely uh you they were definitely used more for people to escape from the harsh realities yeah. of like war and you know famine and it's, uh, it's a much, all the all the sort of problems. It's a much rougher, harsher time in history. Yeah, like you know, like you came up came up fresh from the <clears throat> from the late sixties into the early 70s and the 80s and 90s you're talking about people living through quite a turbulent time with like Vietnam wars and whatnot so you have writers giving their own spin on what they wanted the world to be like you know world with superheroes and uh, with metaphors and 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 uh, fantastical adventures and that kind of acts as an escapism for people who reads it anyway you know, well, they, the they, they would probably they would use it a lot to you know sort of distract themselves um, from how how sort of harsh or bad their lives is, but you know, I guess if he has to look at today, you know, if he looks at the the comic cons and all that, seeing how easy and casual people are using these characters, yeah. you know, just to flaunt them and like make make fun use of it, them, yeah. you know, yeah, I could see that he how someone would be yeah. quite displeased. That is know, why by, he will by never, the transformation of uh, of superheroes that and is comic why he books. will never attend major conferences like you know uh, comic cons and stuff but I'm pretty sure I'm, I mean it's it's very easy to to sort of like drop him into this hole whereby he's like this senile old man who who you know shouts at the sky for people who are not listening to him you know I'm I'm shouting this true statement here but I I believe there's a side of him that that you know that really believes that you know what comic book you know comic book stories are good stories and people still read them anyway and uh you know still embraces the good side of them it's just the uh this this other side of like uh uh film adaptations and um uh big corporate companies making like humongous amount of money of them that sort of thing that probably drives someone like him insane you know who uh, the, the guy who doesn't want to play by the rule of the studios and hollywood systems and whatnot mm. Yeah, he he talks a little bit more um in the interview. He also mentioned that uh he uh, when he wrote the uh bat, the famous co- uh comic Batman yeah. the Killing Joke. Killing Joke, yeah. Um that he thought that the the comic itself was the reason was was actually like too violent, right? To 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 be put out for people to read. Um yeah. but you know, I guess when you when you come up with materials like this and then you know it's sort of categorized as graphic novel so you know you know it's going to be a bit darker a bit violent it's it's hard not to perceive it that way right yeah yeah yeah. it's like you're it's like you put out a story and then you suddenly just you know call pull it back and say no no i didn't meant for the story to be like this it's supposed to be something else but so it's like yeah it it's yeah it doesn't really work that way you know because once you put art out it People say that once you put it out, it's not yours anymore. Correct. It's for other people to perceive what yeah you know what it is for them. Yeah, not more <laughs> so like for 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 things like Watchmen. You know, Watchmen was produced in the height of uh, you know, like you know, like I said, the turbulent times in America back in the day. You know, you have the 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 Reagan presidency, and then you have the Cold War happening on the side, and then you have the Vietnam War. You know, it's it's his resp- Watchmen is basically his response to that. You know, basically, of of how uh, nations can be can be basically messed up by the people, by the citizens and people, and he only wish, uh, and he and he writes these characters like this, like megalomaniacal, like 
uh, uh, superheroes who are having this far-flung dream of making the world a better place, you know. So Watchmen is basically that very violent, very timely, even, I mean, even more so when, you know, people like Damon Lindelof adapted it to a HBO series and readapted it to our time, you know, um, as a response to police brutality and, and how nations are quite messed up as we speak. So it's, it's, it becomes more prevalent and, and, and fresh in a way when you, when you view it through another lens. So I guess he, Alamo always provided a, a, a nice platform for other people to interpret stories as a, as a, as a sign of the times, basically, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, they're very rich material. So of course, People very, will always gravitate towards that. It's very, very dense. I mean, if you if you watch things like I mean, if you read things like V for Vendetta and uh, Watchmen, even even simple superhero stories like you know League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and and his other his uh his his take on DC's uh, Swamp Thing, even you know, and countless of his other work, it's very dense. I mean, it, he almost create like this tome of like knowledge and words and and books of stuff and volumes of knowledge being imposed into that world that you created is really, really interesting for, I mean, I've personally never gone through all that because it's like, it's, you, you almost feel it's written by a madman at some point, but it's, it's, it's his view. Like, you know, I'm, I'm more towards Neil Gaiman side of things where, you know, things are more fantastical, things are more out there, more experimental in a way. So Alan Moore is more like the, um, like the, all master of preserving, you know, the language of how comic books should be written and, and whatnot. So you, you can tell a lot of writers have been influenced by him. You know, a lot of works have been influenced by his work as well. So it's hard to say it's not influential through the generations to come, you know. Do you still collect a lot of comics? Uh, not as much as I used to. I mean, because comic books are not that cheap around here. So mm. I always kind of like, choose what i actually want to buy but yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a task la. yeah a little fun fact about me is that the the comic that i had the most was archie comics yeah I, i've known a few people who collected archie's yeah, as well i, I have like i had stacks of them yeah I've never actually I, I would been read, into... I read so much of archie back then right, right and right, then right. when i found out that cw was doing a series about it and then I watched the first episode and the first thing that came to mind was this is not Archie's. Oh, really? This okay. is not the Archie's that I grew up with. Then again, it's CW. I mean, it's, so. it's, it's, it's very CW, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So suddenly got shirtless Archie with abs. I'm like, this, this does not exist in I, the world. But I can't think of any other network that would provide a much better adaptation at Archie. Um, I mean, Netflix might do a good yeah. job at this time and hour. Um, they not could. not saying it's bad, but it's it's just not it's just not my Archie's. Yeah. So. yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure original fans of the comic do echo the same sentiment as well. But yeah, same uh, same with uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I think yeah, right. it's more of a different take. The right? the, re, the, on, re, on the yeah different take uh, on on it by uh, by a see, see, very the, familiar. Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Netflix as well. It's so. a, it's a redup of a very familiar show mm. that we all grew up in. You know that 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 sort. I of think thing. if you grew up with one version of something and then someone remakes it, you're always gonna just have that first. Yeah, you will first have the love, first. Yeah, right? you will you will have comments. You will have opinions, but I mean, if the show does. I mean, all the show did was like drive new audiences into the thing, which they've done the job anyway, so. But sadly, it's cancelled already, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently, you didn't do that well anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But um... I, wonder, I wonder what Alan Moore would think. I mean, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that he's comment on the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and 
I'm pretty sure his take on the MCU wasn't sure that grand either. I'm pretty sure he would think either. the same as uh, what Scorsese thinks yes, about it. Yes, basically, yes. But, um, I mean, comic books, mo- comic book movies are here to stay. I mean, I don't think they're going to disappear anytime soon and whatnot. Um, they're going to find new ways of continuing the thing even after we're not on this planet Earth anymore. So I'm pretty sure they'll do that. Um, but I'm 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 a casual follower of the universe. So I'm pretty sure I'm I'm up for whatever they're doing right now. Actually, I'm very excited for Wonder Vision. I'm very excited for whatever shows that they're they're planning to do. I'm very excited to see where they're gonna take Spider Man because things are getting pretty weird of the casting over there. They're casting um, people that have been in like other Spider Man movies and the things. So I do not know what they're doing over there. But it's really really interesting, and um, they are taking things to a very what comic book readers back in the day would think. A, a very wild decision that studio executive wouldn't do in these days, but they are actually making it. So, by all count, you know they are actually trying to mimic the um, the grandiosity of what comic book can do. You know, multiple universes, multiple characters, multiple storyline, and uh, it's something that movie going audiences can enjoy, even though they have never read any page of comic book before. You know, it's something really extraordinary. I mean, I'm 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 curious what his full take on MCU should be, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be probably just another negative. Uh, uh, we can view. we can probably imagine what he's gonna say already. Yeah, yeah. I I I'm 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 gonna say he's never seen Damon Lindelof's Watchmen either. I, I think he probably ma- not. Yeah, I think he mentioned it. I think Damon Lindelof mentioned somewhere that they actually like emailed him before, <laughs> on the whole before they actually start shooting the pilot and stuff, and then he well, gave he's decided kind of that he's not gonna put his name into any more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, adaptations yeah, in, of his work in in, so. in that way he's like risking like millions of dollars of like copyrights and stuff but you know like who needs money from his side anyway so it's like i mean he's he's a true rebellious nature against the system and and, and stuff all right all right um <coughs> we're gonna swiftly move to things that we are gonna look forward to yes because it's gonna be a nice crisp episode today yes yes and yeah, then yeah, yep. uh let me start First, by saying one word, Mank. Yes, yes, so yes, So, yes. if you don't know, Mank is going to be a new film by David Fincher. It's yep. going to be on Netflix, and it is a script that was written by his own dad, yep. uh, Jack Fincher, yep. um, that he kept in his cupboard for, like, years and years. And, and info that I truly did not know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, prior to the announcement of Mank, I did not know that he has a father who is a screenwriter who writes I, script. He only... I don't if was he a scriptwriter or he just wrote like I think one. So. I'm not because I too I, sure. I looked up on IMDb. He mm. only has one credit, which is which Mang. is for Mang. Okay, <laughs> maybe because it it was it was made maybe you know, right yeah, so maybe. Well, yeah his dad could, probably couldn't have been a scriptwriter, but uh yeah, yeah the movie is basically about the life um of this famous scriptwriter yep. called Herman Mankiewicz yeah um and it's it recounts the time when he was writing the film Citizen Kane yep. for Orson Welles. Yes. So it's uh it's, the, the, it's uh, gonna be a, a black and white correct. um sort of memoir ish kind of thing. I do not know how closely related I mean how how I mean I guess I'm trying to say like how much of a biopic that David Fincher is trying to do. I'm gonna say probably not so much. He's gonna put his own spin into things, I'm pretty sure at some point. Yeah. So and you know basically charts the relationship 
tumultuous relationship between Mank and Orson Welles and then the upcoming legal battles that they're going to have because uh, or over the with whole the... who won best screenplay at the uh, Oscars yeah. back in the day. yeah, And also with, uh, of course, the inspiration behind Citizen Kane, which Correct. is the real-life uh, newspaper mogul uh, yep, yep. Uh, William name, Randolph uh, Hearst. Randolph Hearst, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. Which is played by Charles Dance yes. from uh, Game what of a, Thrones, yep. right? What a, what a casting. I mean, look, the, assum- the ensemble cast is like really like yep. inspired choice. Like, I mean, let's, let us begin with Gary Oldman. I mean, Gary Oldman Gary Oldman plays uh, Herman Mankiewicz, yep, yep, the yep. lead, the it lead guy. It will be his first film where he's not in makeup for quite some time because his past few films has always been under this like heavy makeup. As far as I remember, he has, he's been playing uh, um, um, Churchill, you know, um, yep. in that film. And, uh, it- and yeah. from what I've heard is that um, there, there was this interview or, or something with Fincher um, saying that, uh, like, how, how do you want Gary Oldman to look like, uh, right? Oh, and natural. Like, how does he look like now? And then <laughs> Fincher said, how does he look like now? You know, just like yeah, this. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> just be like that. Yeah. So it's I mean, like, no, like, it's going to be like minimal to no makeup at all yeah. for, for him. I don't think they're achieving the whole, I don't think they're going to go for that whole, yeah, does Gary Oldman looks a, look a light like, Mank himself. I don't think Fincher really cares for that information. I just did. They, they're really just trying to craft a film that is consists of that time, you know, mm-hmm. by by casting like humongous amount of people playing like who I assume to be like very significant stars back in the day. Yeah, like yeah. in the early sixties. Um, um. Wait, this is not early sixties. This is way earlier. Way, this, way like, before that. Forties yeah. and fifties and and thirties kind of actually. <laughs> oh right, even. Decade yeah, earlier, yeah. yeah. So there was uh, there was Charles Dance who Correct. plays uh, William Randolph Hearst, and then Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried, I think, Seyfried, right? Yeah. yeah, who plays the the wife, <clears throat> and then apparently has like a, a little thing or two with yeah. Manx's character, and then there's also Tom Burke who plays Orson Welles, the famous director, yeah, yeah, and then there's yeah, yeah. Lily Collins, and there's a lot of other names yeah. around it. Yeah, Tom Burke's portrayal of Orson Welles would be very, very interesting because uh, there's not a lot of like on-screen portrayal of Orson Welles except that one film which I forgot the name that has Zac Efron in it. Uh, oh, yeah. the, uh, I, I I remember that film. Best... It was a very quite old film. That was the last time I saw anyone ever portray Orson Welles on yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's a good film. Um, but yeah, I mean, the trailer came out. Yes. The trailer came out. There was um, the teaser and then there was the full trailer. Yes. I I was surprised by how uh, old-fashioned it looks like. You know, they're really staying true to the whole black and white aesthetic. I mean, they're really doing something with the black and white. I don't think it's a simple grading black and white sort of a thing when it comes to Fincher and his DP. I'm pretty sure they tweak a little bit something that makes it look like it came out of 1930s, that sort of thing. Complete with the whole RKO radio logo that, you know, blasts out signals and stuff. He's, he's really, like, he's really making it like something. Like, it's like well, a, it really like a looks capsule. a lot like it was shot in Citizen, <clears throat> like as Correct. Citizen Kane. They're, they're staying as true, as accurate to the, to, the, to the picture portrayal as they can. And it will be very, very interesting. Um, uh, I saw a date is uh, coming out in, like sometime in December, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it'll be really interesting. I mean, I haven't, uh, Fincher's last film was like Gone Girl. And mm. that was like, what, five, six years ago. That was and a while back. That was a really while back. And then right back. after that, he <clears throat> did Mindhunter. He's re- he was really busy with TV, yeah, after that. And uh, it's this his first film in like five, six years. You know, it'll be very, very interesting to see him back up on screen, especially on Netflix. You know, it'll, we won't be seeing it on like cinema anytime soon, I'm pretty sure. And now it's like here, so we'll be uh, watching it on Netflix. 
Well, it's going to be interesting for Derek <coughs> as well because he, you haven't actually seen Citizen Kane, right? Or have I, you? I have, I have. You have? Oh, I have, okay. I, I thought have. you haven't for some reason. No, I have, I have. Okay, okay. okay. I remember watching <laughs> Citizen Kane the first time. Yeah. I think it was in college or same, same. film class. Correct, yeah. And then... I, mean, I, must have, I must have caught in the whole... You know how back in college they were always saying like, oh, Citizen... It's, Any film site you, you have to watch are, it. You have to watch this again. So yeah. Citizen Kane is like the the greatest movie ever made. And then, what was your initial impression upon watching a film like Citizen Kane the first time you ever finished it? What well, did it live up the? You know, to be honest, the first time I was actually quite blown away. Okay, I thought okay. that it was the film that had everything. Correct. It had Especially really good plot at the time. Really, yeah. yeah, really good acting. The shots were amazing. Yeah, it had like a this sort of larger than life, uh, yeah. essence that came out from it. And then yeah, I thought I, th- I thought it was actually a very good film, but I haven't seen it in such a long time. I haven't seen it in such a long time either. And, and then, yeah, I feel like we we should do a a, a, a rewatch thing. again <laughs> <laughs> before before we watch Mank. Maybe yeah, not for yeah. film club, but uh, it'll be good to catch you know what what it was like again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. But Citizen Kane definitely has uh, a lot of uh, uh people always saying like it's not the best film ever you know it's definitely mm. not number one and all mm-hmm. that and, and it, it actually was on the number one it, it was. I think BFI I think, yes. or like top one of films those, of all time one of those uh, very known well known prestigious yeah. lists kind before, of thing before it was overtaken by Vertigo by Hitchcock and in some other lists you'll <laughs> see like Shawshank Redemption Shawshank as the, well the yeah, like Godfather Part 2 and then you'll have all those like films that overtake those time and I mean, it, it, as film snobby as it goes, you know, people always like, you know, if you haven't seen uh, Citizen Kane, you're not really a true cinephile sort of a thing. But, you know, um, since Mang is around the corner, I guess uh, you can use that as a sort of a homework, I guess, you know, to watch the film. Mm-hmm. Yep, so because yep. I don't know how closely related the film will be with Citizen Kane, I'm pretty sure there'll be like a sort of a connection in terms of like characters and I'm pretty sure we'll at some point see the set of Citizen Kane at some point. I'm pretty sure Fincher will want to portray that as well. Uh, it'll be very interesting. I'm, I'm, it's interesting how we keep most of the film under wraps. Um, mm-hmm. So far, we do not know much besides the, the plot itself. So Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's a Fincher film and after all. Yeah, it's so, David you know, Fincher. Everyone it's... would be excited about it. So. Yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. Alright, uh, that's, that's, well, that's actually from my part. I don't know if... Do you yeah, have anything that you are looking forward? I don't have off the top of my head. I have some uh, one or two horror films that I just got on my side that I that I uh, wanting to watch. Um, keep it, Keeping it, you know, Halloween-y in spirit, you know. Um, you know, want to watch more horror movies and stuff. And uh, uh, not really much suggestion off the top of my head because October is not really that much of a release. And, uh, you know, I just finished watching um, Bly Manor and Haunting a Bly Manor that just came out on Netflix. Um, watch that. It's really, really uh, as good as Haunting of Hill House. I don't want to say if better because Haunting of Hill House is slightly better, but those two shows are really, really good. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good show. All right, all right, cool. Uh, we're just <clears> going to keep it at that then. Yeah. going to not hit the hour mark okay. this time. We're going to try our best, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, do continue to write to us or send us, yeah. you know, anything, messages, <laughs> likes, whatever, share, subscribe, you know, all those deals. Um, thank you again for following us. Um, yep. and we will try to 
record as much as we can, you know, either online or over we Skype, try. Zoom, yeah, we'll, all that we'll, kind of thing. We'll try to figure out. Because, I mean, to be fair, I don't know what's the traffic situation. I mean, like I said, I, I'm expecting roadblocks <laughs> between districts and stuff. But if the possibilities are quite minimal, I guess we'll still keep doing episodes like normal. Um, we'll try we, to do we, what we can. Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll, we'll try to. I mean, like we usually, I mean, we've gone through MCU anyway. You know, people have gone we've through We've gone MCU through all that. We know how we, how to do it. Yeah, right? yeah, so. yeah. Just need to reconfigure things out back in my place. But yeah, it's it's all good. Um, We'll try to keep things up on a weekly basis. And um, uh, we have like some few interesting topics in the coming episode as well that mm-hmm. we are keeping it under wraps. Um, yeah, uh, watch this space. Yep, if you know the, the month of October, you kind of, figure out what we're trying to do but yeah it's it's it'll be fun i'm i'm looking forward for that episode actually i am looking forward too (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh, yeah thanks for listening and as always my name is gary and my name is derek and you're listening to are we rolling we will see you very soon bye